0: I knew about narcissistic abuse, but I didn't. It never occurred to me that the emotional abuse would just wear away at my body. Um, so it's been the healing journey of going through all of that that um, that I've been dedicated to in my own life, and then also in the lives of my clients that I've been working with for the last twenty five years. I'm helping them heal the impact. It's because it's it can be enormous. I mean, just autoimmunity. I mean, that's cancer. I see so many people with those two things. And there's so many reasons why, you know, there's all the chemicals in the environment, the chemicals in the food, and that's a big part of why I address the entire system.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another beautiful episode of Witchy Wellness Radio, the show you learn how your body is not in the way, but actually leading the way. And we have a beautiful guest there to talk about the emotional impact of narcissistic abuse on our body and how to actually release and heal that energy. Today, we are talking with Dr. Meg Hayworth, and she is a doctor of transpersonal psychology and holistic chef. Dr. Meg Hayworth helps women survivors of parental narcissistic abuse heal holistically. Her somatic emotional release process, whole person integration technique, Helps clients let go of stored trauma in their bodies. She also helps them heal using anti inflammatory foods for specific health concerns. She works individually with clients worldwide, has online classes for narcissistic abuse recovery, certifies coaches and therapists with her technique and her evolving intuition course. Dr. Meg has an active YouTube channel, is an international speaker, a best selling author of six books. And has been featured on Fox 11 LA, NBC Nightly News, the LA Times, and countless other public publications. And we are so excited to have Dr. Meg on the show today. Welcome. Hey,
0: thank you so much for having me. I'm so, I'm really excited to have this conversation.
1: I am too. I am too. I. I was just saying this was the part kind of of my own healing journey. I've never actually had anybody on to talk about the specific topic because it's so, um, I think, mainstream now and, and people like to point the finger and be victims to things and not really understand what's what's going on in the situation and the other person, but more so themselves. So I I love your approach and technique and philosophy with all of this. And I would love to hear, how did you get into actually helping women heal that emotional impact and and work with their own energy to release this and heal?
0: Yeah, um, well, my own personal story, because I've been through it myself. Um, Multiple men in my life um, were narcissists. Um, I've had women friends who were narcissists as well. And it was just, you know, such a journey. I, in my 20s, I, I got very, very sick. And, um, you know, I'm now in my, you know, mid-50s. So I've been doing this for a very long time, but I did it the very long and difficult way. So I'd love to condense that for people um, to really help them through this, the impact that abuse has on the body. Because being in and out of doctor's offices for 10 years and getting diagnosis after diagnosis and... Uh, finally stepping outside of Western medicine and finding a chiropractor to help with the um, muscle spasms in my neck from scoliosis, or so I thought it ended up being dairy products. (laughs) Plus the, you know, it's just like our bodies are just so complex and they react to so many things. And I didn't, at the time, I didn't understand. I was an empath and a sensitive, we didn't know what that was 25 years ago. (laughs) Like it just wasn't talked about. Um, I knew about narcissistic abuse, but I didn't, it never occurred to me that the emotional abuse would just wear away at my body. Um, so it's been the healing journey of going through all of that, that, um, that I've been dedicated to in my own life. And then also in the lives of my clients that I've been working with for the last 25 years, um, helping them heal the impact it's because it's, it can be enormous. I mean, just autoimmunity. I mean, that's, cancer, I see so many people with those two things. And there's so many reasons why, you know, there's all the chemicals in the environment, the chemicals in the food. And that's a big part of why I address the entire system, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, energetic, you know, because we're, we're a holistic system. We're not just, you know, it's not just mental health we're dealing with. It's all of it wrapped up into one.
1: Amen. I agree. And I think so many of us, I mean, obviously listening to witchy Wellness identify as empaths and we realize how sensitive our systems are. And sometimes we can feel like a victim to that, right? Like, like you said, going to doctor's office, a doctor's office, trying to find out what was wrong. And, you know, you might get an answer, you might not, it's just like, it's enough to feel like you're going crazy to begin with, but at an a relationship of any kind to this caliber of abuse. It's, yeah. it, it's a wake up call for sure, for people yeah. to, you know, really take a look inside of, you know, the kind of people, what, what do you feed your body with? Right. And, yeah and the the connection between people in your life, your own thoughts, who you're being and, and your body's health. I think that holistic approach is just, so instilled in me but as an empath i think that's pretty much a natural part of everybody's journey in their
0: own way of healing yeah absolutely because empaths you know we're sensitive we're also highly intuitive And if you've been in a narcissistically abusive relationship your intuition gets diminished greatly because you're constantly questioning was that me am i the problem and because you're you're being told you're the problem you're being blamed for everything you get worn down so much um so so just what it does to the entire system is it's it just impacts everything so
1: so I think a a lot of people know about narcissistic abuse but just very briefly could you give us kind of a synopsis of of what that looks like um I I guess from a clinical point of view but also that, that spiritual emotional point of view too
0: Uh, You know, I'm kind of want to go to the spiritual emotional first, because the impact that emotions have on our bodies is enormous. And when you're in a negative emotional situation with somebody who's narcissistically abusive, someone who has no empathy, which is one of the hallmarks of the uh, disorder, um, someone who has no, no real regard for you, it doesn't really care about you. And I know everyone says, oh, a narcissist only loves themselves, but they don't even do that. You know, they're really miserable. They're the most miserable people on earth and they cannot own responsibility for anything. Therefore, you become you become the victim of everything that they're pushing in down inside of themselves. So they're just projecting onto you all the time. I think that ultimately, like it's, at some point or another, they make the decision that it's too painful. And then they just put a wall around themselves. They don't let love in and they don't let love out. And so if you think about that dynamic and what that does or what it can do, I mean, that's a narcissistically abusive relationship, but Ultimately, I think it's an energy dynamic because it's all about power, abuse, um, bullying, shaming, blaming, guilting. So these major emotions that have the most impact on the body, for instance, shame, it's a shame-driven disorder. They're trying to not deal with their shame at all. So they're pushing it out on everyone around them. They're not going to own it. So you get to carry not only your own shame you're ashamed because you're in this relationship and, and allowing this person to do this but you're also carrying their shame and when you're an empath you're a sponge for it you know that that's a big part of being an empath is we're just emotional sponges so it's helping to release the emotional energy from the energy field and thus the body because those things are one thing you know yeah feel that
1: shame like when you said that i could feel the chills through my body and my own experience i'm like oh yeah it's exactly how it felt and like that was a manifestation of the physical illness and symptoms and diagnoses like that doing a lot of the metaphysical work of it like louise Hay, you can Mm -hmm. heal your body looking up like it's like my spiritual version of weapon d back in the day was like yes okay what emotions (laughs) (laughs) are causing this yeah so much of it was shame you know it it was the lower lower root chakra sacral chakra a lot of reproductive uh, issues for me that were popping up out of nowhere and really had to with me healing releasing my own shame and now that you said that like it makes so much more sense of releasing theirs as well because it's like that's why that attraction you know between the empath and or the codependent is like a lot of mainstream people would say as well. And narcissistic relationship is because it's like the narcissist sees this beautiful, shiny. I don't say shiny object, but somebody maybe who Absolutely. could heal them in a way. Is that where the attraction comes from? Kind or like is, what, what, What's your view?
0: Mm, they're not looking for healing. That's okay. just not an option for them. Um, but they are looking for somebody who is good-natured, kind, loving, caring, and empathetic, all of the things that they aren't. Um, One is, and I hate to say this, but it's just the truth, is that um, those of us that are in that, especially those of us who haven't done our work yet, are easy to control, unfortunately, because we're so good-hearted, you know, we're so kind, we're with the ultimate people pleaser, you know, and if you had a narcissistically abusive parent, which is a, one of the things I focus on mainly is, is parental narcissistic abuse, because that informs your relationships later in your life. And was part of my story is having that, um, and then attracting relationships because they felt familiar. But I also think that we attract those relationships so we can heal them, you know, because it's giving giving us the opportunity, a really like beautiful opportunity. Honestly, the people that are hardest on us, I think our biggest teachers, um, as painful as that is to really come to grips with. And I know the first time I heard somebody say that I was like, what, I wouldn't choose this. You know, I'm like, well, if it's getting me that mad, I think I need to explore it, <laughs> you know? And I did. And it really, that's really where it lies is that energy that I was holding on to. In relationship to them and their treatment of me and as long as i stayed in that place of feeling like a victim of their treatment as long as i saw they were doing something to me instead of me realizing like this is for me and i can use this for my own growth my own development and i don't have to be with these people anymore Now I can set those boundaries and and stop those relationships and start relationships with people that are much healthier because, you know, as you, as you know, as you release, you're just vibrating in at a higher and higher level and the higher frequency you go, the more higher frequency people you attract, like, like you, (laughs) You like you pop up on LinkedIn and we start talking and it's like, Oh, wow. You do that. Let's, let's, let's talk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everything just kind of comes right to you. Like you said, it's like the more you do the work. And that's what I teach my clients too, is like, if, if you are feeling like everything's hitting the fan and you're doing a lot of this inner work, the shadow work, don't be surprised if manifestations start to appear in your life that you've been either forgot about or working on because you're letting go and you're releasing all that stuff. And naturally your energy, you're going to vibrate higher. And these things are going to just come right to you. You're going to be like, well, I, I just had a meltdown. How am I manifesting, you know, all, all of this? But it's like, when you allow yourself to really feel, and I wouldn't dive into your approach to the somatics of it and releasing that from the energy, your body is already is going to naturally just vibrate, vibrate higher once it knows what to do it knows how to move the energy. So I would love to hear, you know, I know you approach this in a different way, which I'm so aligned with too, in my life and my body, the somatic practice of actually moving this energy out of your body and releasing it, how that looks.
0: Absolutely. So the technique I created is called whole person integration technique. Um, And it's really about integrating those parts of the self. Um, And it's, The emotions that I was talking about earlier, the shame the guilt, all the, what everyone calls negative emotions that most of us are running away from, we're numbing them, (laughs) like, it's too painful, because it is, it certainly is painful. However, I think of them, instead of negative emotions, I think of them as teaching emotions, and they're here to teach us something about who we really are, if we would only listen to them because in most cases those emotions the shame the guilt the sorrow the pain all of that they're trying to protect us from further harm but you know on planet earth you you can't do that i mean there's just there's the people will break your heart the things that happen around you hurt i mean there's so many things that we go through as humans and the more um we release these emotions that become toxic to the body over time. So uh, for instance, let's look at you know, sexual abuse is something I've worked with a lot and something I went through as a child as well, which a lot of empaths, we had a lot of trauma as well um, as the narcissist often does. And so say you're carrying a lot of shame and you're carrying it, you know, you're, you've are you got all these stomach problems. So your illness will tell me right away, you know, what what center's being drained and what attributes of that center, you know, are, are happening for you. And so your confidence, your personal power, your relationship to yourself, all of that is, are being drained. So then I'll look at like, you know, well, so what, what's going on in your life and you know, what was your upbringing like and all of that, but we don't focus as much on the story of what happened to you because traditional psychology keeps you spinning in the story. I want to get you to, um, what the emotions experiences, what it thinks, what it feels, what it believes, because there's negative core beliefs that get held in the body from that emotional experience from the shame, for instance, in the stomach, it just drains you and drains you and drains you over time, making you so much more susceptible to illness, um, to, um, to, you know, colds, to anything, uh, to chemicals, Um, things that you put on your body, things that you just scented candles, you know, like anything can really wear your system down even further because your system's already weakened from the emotional state. And everything starts with a thought, everything. And that happens in your physical body as well. So getting to those thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that are hurting you and helping you let them go. I have found it's been the most powerful modality uh, or types of modalities, those somatic, emotional release modalities, that that have helped me heal, and certainly that I watch my clients heal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 I totally agree, and I think there's, you know, that has to be for me at least the foundation. And I know you agree in the sense of like feeding yourself well, right? The anti-inflammatory foods, the thoughts, the emotions. It's the, it's a holistic approach. Um. Actually, I started off my entrepreneurial journey as a health coach, and oh, so it was kind of come full full circle in the sense I used to always tell my clients, you know, you you can eat your body's weight in kale or whatever superfood you want, but if if you're feeling all the shame and the stress and all these emotions that you're not dealing with, it doesn't matter. It does yeah. not matter. It's still going to chronically deteriorate your your body but i know that there's a balance too it's like i'm not telling i don't want people to just eat processed mcdonald's all day either no 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 we want yeah. to support <laughs> our body with these beautiful founding foundation these building blocks them um, you know food's energy yeah. and what vibration in which do you want to fuel your body with and that includes your thoughts and your emotions but also physically what we consume as well, which is a huge, huge impact. But you have to have, I think you need all of them. You can't, I don't know if you just can do one or the other. I don't really know if that'll make lasting change or not.
0: Uh, it really doesn't. And, and I think ultimately, if you're not working on the energy piece, like you said, the emotional energy piece and the way you've been storing those emotions in your system, it, it, you'll get well to a point, but then you'll hit a wall. And then you'll need more help. You'll need a different kind of help than what you've been, been working with. One of the things I say often, and you kind of touched on it a little bit ago, is, is that as long as you're in a body, the fun never stops. <laughs> you know, There's always another layer to go to. It's just that as you become adept at healing, self-healing, and finding healers that will help you with the next level, you will um, release so much more quickly. And get to the other side of the thing so much faster than you used to you just get better and better and better at it because you're you're practicing your release work you know you're practicing your healing every day
1: and you I mentioned- still do
0: yeah yeah Me too. you Me know too. <laughs> it's like I, I didn't just stop there you know and but I love my healing journey I love my healing practice and the things I do on a daily basis to continue raising frequency and and uh conti- and continued health you know like, i'm healthier now at 56 than i was at 25 you know which is like wow i never i never would have guessed that <laughs> at the time i just thought i was like doomed to chronic illness which a lot of people think they're doomed to the word chronic is a heavy duty word you know
1: yeah but, and i think like just thinking about the chronic but also hereditary People yes. think because my mom and my grandpa, bah, 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 like, therefore, I will have oh, well, yeah, if you will continue the same emotional patterns and belief systems and energy. Yeah, of course.
0: Generational trauma. Generational trauma. <laughs> yes.
1: And I think, I mean, yes. whether it's generational or multiple lifetime, whatever wherever you think or believe it comes mm-hmm. from, for me, I got so down the rabbit hole of like, well, where did this come from? Yeah. It's really, like you said, and I think it was so beautiful, and you said it, it's not focusing on the story, getting lost in the story, whether that's this lifetime or the spiritual, what what alternate lifetime did this come from? But the feeling, what is the feelings, beliefs, the thoughts underneath it, and be able to really get to to the root and the core of why that's still there and still stored in your body, instead of getting wrapped in the story, uh, or making excuses why things can't change. And that, you know, that's really the victim perspective. And you said this earlier, and before I even can respond, because I was like, Yes, I so agree. And it was like, life isn't happening to you. It's happening for you. And, and sometimes things like narcissistic abuse or chronic illness as an empath, that that that's happening for you because it's your it's a wake up call it's an awakening I think of sorts for people and it's not because your higher self or God or the universe hates you or is doing this to it's really because it, your your higher self is like wants you to grow wants you to remember who you really really are it's from this place of love so if you're at a place whatever it is physically emotionally abundance wise that you're not in love with right now know that this is an opportunity for you to to take that inner inner look to really feel and to change and and to transform it's happening for you and for your growth to remember really really who you are and that's why i started this show was my own journey because of my own situation with narcissistic abuse and i even hesitate saying abuse because i know that's what it is but because It's been such a beautiful gift for me in my own journey It's like, I don't even want to associate it with abuse sometimes because it was hard, but it really catapulted me into looking at myself in a way that I never had before.
0: Yeah. 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 And what you're talking about right now too, is wake up calls. Yes. And we all get them and whether or not you take the call is really up to you, but you took the call and you said, you know what? I'm going to transcend this. I'm not going to continue allowing this to beat me down and keep me sick and and you also thought outside the cultural box of chronic (laughs) of hereditary which oh I'm so glad you brought that up because that's a huge piece um narcissism will come down through the family system um it's you know if you look back and this is what I think a lot of people are missing is they're, they're like, oh my gosh, I ended up in this narcissistically abusive relationship and I don't know how it happened. But a lot of times you're not really looking at your parent or you're afraid to look at your parent. A lot of people hear this feedback all the time. It's like, well, I don't want to blame my parents. I'm like, it's not about blaming in them. It's about understanding the origins of where this come from, comes from, how it's affected you so that you have the tools. It's like, it's almost like diagnosing an illness. Like, Oh, once you diagnose the illness, you know what the problem is. And now you can find the things that will help you get well from that, whether it be natural healing, whether it be, you know, whatever it is that you, you need to help you heal. You can find those, those different modalities. So, uh, but at any, at any rate, I was talking a little bit about uh, generational healing and how important it is and how going back and looking at the patterns that were handed down are it's just so valuable so so valuable and to be able to do that from a place that's more detached and not so swept up in the story it's thinking of yourself as looking sitting on the bank of the river and watching the river go by versus being swept up in the river you know and and I know if you've been through Abuse and illness and trauma and narcissistically abusive parents—you're gonna feel like you're being swept up in a river, you know—and uh, just being carried through this current. You know, but you can get out, and you can learn to detach from it, and then learn. And this is all part of the release process: is that you get become more and more detached, not numb, <laughs> but you know, less and less like um, triggered by. Everything when you do this, the kind of work that I do, and that I was trained to do the emotional release, the energetic release, and then the core negative belief release processes.
1: Now, this came to mind because when I kind of realized that what situation I was in in a relationship, I began to question, Am I the narcissist too? And I think a lot of people can get wrapped up in that. So, could you? Maybe give us, shed shed some light on that topic of why we we start to just question ourselves. Am I the bad person?
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's such a great question. It's such an important one. My clients will ask me that one all the time. They're like, am I a narcissist? Well, first of all, I'll say you're here and you're exploring, you know, you're introspective, you're going inside, you're willing to do the work, you really, really want to change. That's not something that we see from narcissists. You know, so that's a number one thing. Um, if you're an empath and a sensitive, you know, you, you have a more intense connection to feeling and to feeling things from other people. So one of the, I think the primary reason why we start to question our, are we narcissistically abusive ourselves Um, is because we're made to feel like we're horrible people because that's been projected on us. We have, we're carrying shame. We're like receptacles for shame, not just theirs, but our own. And so now we have this like double shame cup that's overflowing. And so that's one of the things that makes us question it. Um, I think it's important one thing I do think is really important for all of us as empaths and sensitives that are on the path that are trying to to heal especially from narcissistic abuse because you know i was, the psychological abuse really is energetic abuse you know um, is that I think it's really important to ask yourself the questions what are some ways that I might be using tactics that I learned from my narcissistic parent What are some ways that I might be manipulating that I learned from them? Um, What are like, you know, a lot of times they're critical and highly judgmental, right? All the time, Um, especially the covert ones. And so, well, how am I being uh, uh, judgmental and critical? And so you, but the, the difference is you can look at that and go, oh, I'm doing this like they did. And I can change this. I can see how I'm repeating a pattern, repeating a behavior, but I no longer want to engage in that, and I can make a change for that. So I think that's an important thing for empaths and sensitives to, um, you know, to to question about themselves along the path. And then, you know, I think we can't not question, like, am I (laughs) a (laughs) narcissist? Because they're constantly turning the tables on us and making us believe that we're wrong, bad, shameful, terrible people. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's one of the first things I started realizing was like, wait, how does everything end up being my fault? How is it? Everything get turned on me. And, you know, I, I would got so confused, but then it was just. I was like, oh, okay, this is one of those tall-tale signs. And I was actually listening to a podcast at the time when I started kind of realizing these things, talking about narcissism. And it was the first time I'd ever heard about it. And I just, my whole body had chills. I was on the treadmill at the gym and I remember going, oh, no, 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 no. Because I knew what my intuition was telling me, but I did not want. To hear it, and I think so many of us, like I know we've talked about briefly, but the effect of narcissistic abuse kind of diminishes your own intuition and pushes it down. Yeah. So how can we? How do you balance that? Whether someone might be going that through that relationship now or wanting to heal that parental part of them, the upbringing, like really honoring the intuition and bringing that back online.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. It's such an important piece of this. And that's part of what I help people with is intuitive development because um, you become so confused about what voice is what inside of you, because if you had a narcissistic parent, you're going to ruminate about most things, <laughs> you know, does that, per- is that person mad at me? Just, does- are they not talking to me? Are they, you know, like you go through this, chatter in your mind i think in some ways the narcissistic abusive chatter is just worse than you know the norm the norm you know um and i know as women a lot of us are really really hard on ourselves but it just gets amped up when you go through narcissistic abuse because you are shaming yourself you're blaming yourself you're guilting yourself you're you know along with so it's like double so it's so hard to hear that inner voice So developing your intuition is a very, very important part of this learning to trust yourself. When you get into a narcissistically abusive relationship, you're just like, I don't think I ever want to trust again because I don't trust myself to pick somebody. I didn't see the red flags or when I saw the red flags, I ignored them. Or, you know, like I just, you know, where was my intuition? Of course, it's there all along. And sometimes I think our intuition I do think our intuition steers us into relationships that aren't going to be easy. So we can heal, you know, like it's a part of how we're built. I think so many of us think intuition is supposed to just lead us down this happy path where everything's perfect all the time. And unfortunately that's not what earth plane is all about. So it's a big part of it and you can make your world into this really beautiful, wonderful place. I'm not saying that, but you know, it's, it's a, a big piece is understanding that intuition has many different functions.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm laughing cause I, I had that same thought in my own, um, experience was like, wow, I really just that some part of me just really just looked the other way at the beginning of the relationship to have all these things come together. So I could be sucked in, if you will, to yeah. to this learning experience, and and yeah. and. Retrospective. I you said that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it yeah. was like, I mean, because like the energetics of it, that I really truly believe that I was drawn to that situation, to that person at that time, because of yeah. everything we're talking about. To really the wake up call that everything's happening for me, and thinking about what you were saying about generation healing generational wounds and patterns of thinking about the generational empaths in your family too, that was kind of the start for me being like, Oh wow, like seeing grandmother, mother, you know all these the the these beautiful people in my life that I'm like now I get to stand in my power, fully embodied in who I am to to lead the way forward, not only just heal from the narcissist but like this is what it means to be a powerful, empowered, empath like woman yeah. in her power, and that's why I named the show Witchy Wellness because a witch, to me, is that is somebody who's yes. fully embodied in her own power.
0: Yes, <laughs> for sure. That's I love the name of this. It's it's something that uh, as little girls, my best friend and I played witches all the time. <gasps> we had which names you know that like we were really into it good witches of course <laughs> but i just find it you know really amazing that as i went through my life and the healing the self such a big part of that that kind of thinking you know yeah so Look, the witch it's... the goddess the healer the crone, the mother the maiden the, <laughs> the earth uh Gaia you know yeah
1: and it's all we're all being called in our own way to heal those parts of ourselves and Gaia is calling us forward right now too with all the weather changes like earth is yeah. its own entity and it's raising she's raising her vibration and she's releasing right now too as my belief. and we yeah. are just it's kind of hard I think as an ego to think this we're just these little microorganisms on this entity that is earth and we get to do the inner work as she raises her vibration we are called to do the inner work and and raise our vibrations as well
0: yeah for sure yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well my last question before we start to close Mm -hmm. the show down is we talked to you i know you focus so much on helping women heal those kind of core wounds from childhood with the narcissistic abuse that stems from some parent one of their parents um what are the five core wounds maybe people can start to look out for maybe they think well maybe this is something i need to do a little bit deeper work on what what are the those five core room ru- wounds that you call is it you call them acons so acons call them? adult yes. children of
0: narcissists yeah
1: <laughs> if you're an acon
0: you have been conned yeah <laughs> you know? <laughs> You've been conned by a parent who has made you believe yeah. that you're not a good person. You're not lovable. You're, you know, and those are part of the woundings. Those are part of the beliefs that really just get instilled in our subconscious minds and thus our body. Cause I think those two things are one thing. Yeah. So, but the, you know, so some of the things that uh, that get really crushed in us is self identity. And so that's who you think you are as a human, you know, um and a lot of times you become a people pleaser you become you know especially empaths and sensitives the the lost child in the family the scapegoat tend to to be in the, that category um and then so self identity and who you think you are as a human but um there's also your uh your self your self esteem self worth um your physical body of course gets affected and that's something we've been talking about an awful lot in here um so those are you know so some of the major woundings that we go through um, our life purpose, um, you know, that we get totally disconnected from who we really are, because we have to live our lives in service to the narcissist. If you have a narcissistic parent, it's all about them. So you have to focus on them all the time because you're always trying to make sure they're happy, except that they're never happy. So you fall into this giant trap all the time of trying to make them happy so you become a people pleaser. So, and perfectionism is another um, place where, where uh, people really get hung up and they get, you know, that wound to self where you feel like you can't be good enough ever. And so those are some of the major woundings that we, we go through. Um, Yeah, it's, it's an intense intense thing that, that we experience as acons yeah. um so and I'm playing nice. with you know becoming an icon I'm kind of moving into that Ooh. you know going from acon to icon you know <laughs> like yeah you know like somebody who's really grounded and you know the grounded empath who feels healed who, Who was like, okay, well, this thing that's coming up right now is is something for me to work on. It's, um, you know, whether it be something physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, we look at the whole holistic package. So, Um, but yeah. So, anyway, yeah, there's those those wounds. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm
1: I'm just thinking, yep, check, check, check on my own journey. And so many people I know listening to this are going to be like, wow. Okay, there's some stuff that you might need to dig into after listening to this episode, and I guess my last question is a follow-up. I I lied. I thought I had one last one. Okay. Um, <laughs> in terms of parents, we talked about acons. Um, what about I guess dealing if there if there's a pattern in your family, right? Is there a higher probability of siblings or other family members who are also gonna mirror or become that narcissistic kind of type of energy in your life
0: absolutely yeah yeah Yeah, i've worked with so many people who have narcissistic siblings yeah um to one degree or another you know it's they say in psychology that narcissism lies on a continuum from goodness like healthy self-love all the way to um the narcissistic um personality disorder where's a complete cutoff from love, which is how I say it. I, yeah. I don't really hear a lot of theorists or practitioners talking about it that way, but, um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's something it's out there for people
1: time. too, that might, you might be like, well, maybe not so much my parent, but somebody like a sibling, you might recognize these because I think it's still just as important growing up in those first you know seven years of your life when you're learning all these subconscious programs too you're like this sponge where these beliefs and these behaviors kind of can really stem from but it doesn't matter any age it's still going going to affect you (laughs)
0: yeah yeah and it, it it turns out that in the research that they find that it's usually the golden child who ends up also becoming narcissistic Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the per- the one that, you know, the parent focused on as being, um, you know, the, the one who produced in a way that made them look good. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, she or he did really great things in the world and I'm so proud of them. It's I'm so proud of them because it made me look good. Um, they did the, They did this right and that right and this other thing. Oh, but they did that thing wrong, you know, so they'll still get the shame, they'll still get the guilt, they'll still get, but the pressure on them is really different. And you, you uh, tend to see, or I tend to see that a lot of the golden children don't tend to go to therapy either, um, or if they do, it's not as easy for them to be introspective as an empath who's just like, what, why, how, how do I make this better? (laughs) You know, how do I heal this? Help me, you know? Yes.
1: Yes. I I totally agree. And I think, I think for me, it was my empath and me wanted me to be the golden child and that perfectionist too. So hearing you say that it makes sense on that way, but also the wounding of the empath side of it is like, in order to be safe that perfectionism can be born as well
0: yeah absolutely Uh, okay
1: well we could just talk for hours and hours we might need to do another episode here uh dr meg but thank you so much for Mm -hmm. coming on and sharing your beautiful heart with us all it was such an honor to speak with you today and was there anything else on your mind that you wanted to kind of talk about before we start to close the show out
0: just semantic things um, that, that I do have some free offerings for people. Um, I have the uh, 52 ways to tell if your parent is a narcissist on my website at meghayward.com slash narcissistic parents forward um, slash, which I guess you know I'll give you the links to that but it's it's a good way for people to start to understand um, or continue to understand because I think one of the things that we need is continued reinforcement. Because the deprogramming process is a long-term process, you know, where we have, where we see a video and we're like, yeah, that's right. Especially if you're still dealing with your narcissistic parent, Um, you have to be reminded that this is... What's happening? Because all this, the confusion and tactics and destabilization that goes on is just enormous. So that should be helpful for people. Um, And then also, I have some upcoming courses um, that I'm really excited to release. They're going to be affordable, smaller, bite-sized courses, because I find I've interviewed a lot of empaths and sensitives, and they will say, you know, like, I get so overwhelmed with big programs. (laughs) Can you just do like one on the inner child and one on intuitive development and one, you know, and there's an overarching course too, that really lets them know, like these are the wounds. And then there's meditations in there. There's um, journal prompts and, um, and then also processes that they can do to help them with the energy dynamic of releasing themselves from the, the abusive past that they've been through and how it's affecting their present lives. So beautiful. Yeah, and so, all. So there's that stuff. Um, but I also just want to say that if you've been through narcissistic abuse, it's going to be so important for you to do healing on yourself and to find somebody who has the capacity to really be able to take you to the next level. If you, especially if you've done a lot of therapy on yourself already, um, you may want, you know, you, need, you feel like you've hit a wall in that and you're tired of spinning in the story and you want to go deeper into the subconscious mind to release, look for somatic uh, psychotherapists or somatic therapists that can really help you. Um, and I work with people worldwide. So,
1: uh, so there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, everything will be in the show notes for everybody to click, click and find out more. And if you guys are really feeling called or maybe triggered by this episode, your intuition's getting a little ding. Follow up, even if it's getting the free fifty two ways to see if you're you're a child or you're an acon or you know what whatever, whatever it is, follow up and continually taking the next step and the next step because you don't have you didn't get here overnight, you're not going to heal it overnight, but it's just so important to keep slowly taking those steps forward, listening to your intuition and taking the aligned action. Uh, thank you, Dr. Wake, so much again for coming on the show. And lastly, how may we, as uh, the listeners, as a huge act of gratitude be of service for you and return today?
0: Goodness. <laughs> um, I guess, I, I don't know, I guess spread the word. I think the message ultimately is the most important thing and getting the message out to people who really need the kind of help that people like me provide. And, you know, cause I know there's people searching, there's people praying and there's people who just like, don't know, like, I want something, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> what is the thing? Um, and to follow that intuitive voice, like you just said that leaning into this feels so right and not allowing the, all the things that stop us from going forward, the fear, of, oh my gosh, this could be so hard. And yeah, it can be hard. It can be scary, but it's so much better than living in um, sickness and living in, like, I know so many empaths that are stuck in bed. You know, like they get to that point. And if that's you and you don't know your path and purpose and self identity and self worth and uh, you don't know who you really are, then you find find out who. Find that out. Become that.
1: Yes, it's happening for you. Like we we said, this is your opportunity. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure talking with you today.